Welcome to Beyond the Summit. This is Scalability's series of podcasts where we have some really interesting chats to some really interesting Northwest business leaders. If you want to hear more in the series, hit subscribe. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about what we do, visit us at scale-ability.co.uk. Welcome back to the Jeff McNamara podcast. In the last episode, we chatted about work-life balance, learning from lockdowns, and being schooled in the University of Life. Let's pick up where we left off. What do you think um, the future holds for you as an individual leader? Whilst I've always been reasonably driven to work, and you know now I provide for you know for family and things like that, it's it's a little bit of a different ballgame. I, I I really like the area that I'm working here. Um, the company's changed quite a bit over the last number of years, so um, you know the, the the kind of progressive plans for me it, with the with the organisation quite limited which I don't have an issue with because I really enjoy what I'm doing here and I've got the autonomy to kind of do what I want to do what I try and do is um and it sounds a bit cliche-ish but you know every year I feel that I, what we're going to add on this coming year to improve the business because there's a lot of different smaller things that could do that whether it be recruiting uh, a new role for training and recruitment or whether it be putting something you know a new project in there we're going to build a new restaurant or we're going to do whatever it's, it's the, the philosophy behind it is each year we just want to get better you know i want us to i want the the and end thing is we want to make more money. We're a business. At the end of the day, is um, you know you can't continue to make the same amount of money because or, you know outside influences and growth and, and the costs and things will inevitably mean that you're not going to be making as much money. And then what that does in for, for the, the 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 kind of radius of my um, uh, what I'm involved in is it starts limiting what you can then do. So if your, your trajectory is going downwards and you're not making as much as you were two, three, four, five years ago, and you continue that through, it does limit any capital expenditure you can do. It limits it for the the, the, the company. Um, and then what it also does um, for, for the setup that we have here is I, I want to go and spend I don't know half a million pounds on some new machines or whatever. But if I'm not delivering what I said I was going to do, you know the the fd for the groups they're more questionable to say well you know what why we want to do that you're not, you're not delivering so that that's what i try and do something kind of new every every year and and covid obviously put a, a bit of a spanner in the works for everybody i think for the last two years and then coming out of uh, of the lockdowns and covid i remember when we were we were talking about recruiting in the January of 2020 and we were sitting here saying we will call the shots this year. You know, we will be the ones that decide who who gets an opportunity at call and who doesn't. Uh, that wasn't the case whatsoever. You know, as the same in all hospitality, really, really struggled to recruit. Even when we've put the rates of pay up and people always say, well, if you paid more, you'd get more. That's just not true. Um, you know, coming out of COVID and, and, and this year as a prime example, we put our rates of pay up above minimum wage before the minimum wage happened. So we made it quite clear that, you know, we were every job role in here. If we start off a, you know, a customer service assistant, we, they get paid a pound an hour more than the minimum wage. So, you know, you, all of a sudden you're paying a couple of thousand pounds a year extra. Um, and 
whether what your view on the minimum wage is is anybody's view but you know it's it is obviously a yardstick in this type of environment um to say that that that's the pay level and you can look around you and most of the other operators in blackpool that's what they pay as well um so we paid more because we wanted to recruit more but we also wanted more importantly to retain the current team so when you asked me earlier about you know uh team retention um the the, the thing that we did straight away and was um i went to the, the the board and the owners and said right these are you got the three options here we can you know minimum wage payment we can go up to x amount or we can go up to y um this is what it's going to cost the business um you know no small no small amount of money so the the agreement was well let, we want to be one of the better payers and it will retain the current team that you've got you know, if you're unhappy with the current team that you got, you should be working on them and either making them better or, you know, shaking hands and saying goodbye. So you shouldn't ever kind of say, well, I don't really want to pay the current team more because I'm not too happy with them or you should be doing something about it then if you're not happy. So we that that was more to solidify who we currently have. Not as a reward, as a thank you, but as a, look, everything else is going up. The cost of living is going up. When you, you know, I I am in the fortunate position where I don't only have to worry about day-for-day costs, but you, when you were 18, 19, 20, 21, whatever, and you probably did have to worry a bit more, you know, I, I had many a day where I, I'd be borrowing lunch money off the guy who worked next to me when I was 20 to say, well, I've spent it all down the pub at the weekend. I haven't got two quid to buy lunch until we get paid on Thursday. Um, can you lend me two quid? And he was a lot more um, uh, a lot more sensible than me. So he always had money and he would always lend me lunch money. That's probably part of the problem. If he said, no, I haven't got any, I'd have to redefine the way I was spending. But when, when you don't have to worry about can I actually – genuinely you know afford to 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 eat tonight or to to pay my bills or you know these types of things well you don't have to worry about that life's a lot easier works a lot easier and and um i think what where we're at is whilst we can't solve all the problems we want to at least be able to pay the the team a, a reasonably good rate so that when they're coming here they're not just happy because we're paying them a good rate because they're not having to worry so much or you'd hope they're not having to worry as much about you, you know you're trying to get them to be enthusiastic and have a good time with customers and how can people do that when they're like well i'm going to be going home and can't afford to pay my bills so it was important that we we almost try to find a right level uh, of balance to say what's a reasonable rate um what, what should we be doing for the team um and we want to you know it's all about retention so so we kind of did that um so digress slightly but so so for this this coming year i mean it, you can't shy away from the the increase in uh cost of living and not just the cost of living but the cost of running a business um we we've got um a 250 seater restaurant in here the the buccaneer restaurant the bar open all year round massively busy um we've got a, a peggy's which is a, a kind of canteen style snack bar 200 seats um busy um a lower price point of, of food um and we've got captain jack's which is a seasonal restaurant aimed um, you know, ribs, hanging kebabs, steaks, those types of things. And then we got three fish and chip shops, one takeout booth on the promenade and two fish and chip shops, one that's open all year round. Um, so the, my guy who looks after all of our catering and, and bar purchases, as well as a nightclub upstairs that we've not been able to get open because we can't recruit the team for the last two years, um, which has been quite frustrating. 
So they've spent the last six months, you know, daily, weekly um, monitoring and trying to uh, uh, review pricing. Um, and, you know, the cost of fish, for an example, is just phenomenal. And the, the, the amount of increase um, is, is gone up by uh well 80% 70% 80% in in the last uh, year or two um and you you just can't pass that type of cost across onto the customer is it's impossible fish and chips for an example i mean you've heard all the scare stories about fish and chip shops going out of business um because of the price of fish and the price of oil and now the price of energy um and the, the problem is i think is people perceive fish and chips as a reasonably cheap meal you know and you know, all of a sudden when you're saying, well, you know, we're, we're at the, the kind of low medium end, you either make some decisions, you either say, we're going to charge you what we need to charge you and you're probably not going to pay it or we're going to have a drop off on trade. We keep it low and um, the problems that we then got is we're actually not really covering a lot of costs or when when we then can't afford the enough of the team members to keep it running. Um or you change your products and and you uh, source cheaper products, which then inevitably uh, changes the quality of what you're doing, and it's quite quite difficult to get back from to where you were. So you know, we I've got a guy who is really really experienced in in you know he's, he's Blackpool as a senior uh, cage in the bars guy for twenty years who. who purchases all our, our our stocks with the various different departments and it is a matter of playing with so many differing suppliers and and so it's a, a constant constant battle um because we know we can't pass it on to customers what we are seeing is that people are buying fish and chips uh they're buying sausage and chips you know they're buying the cheaper the cheaper options or they're sharing portions of chips because i know up the road if you you know there's a supplier up the road a very very well known um uh, fish and chip place and it's 12 pounds for fish and chips takeaway and that's takeaway and um you, you know you're on blackpool seafront and it's like wow you know that that's really expensive but i can understand why they've they've kind of done that um so it, you know it's it's tricky so the, the biggest thing i think that we're continue to work on now and i think if you were speaking to quite a few businesses is you know they will we're all We've been working on a lot of things in the background for a lot amount of time, and but but the, it really has uh, swung around from where perhaps I think we thought we were going to be this time last year in this position. I don't think we would be worrying about costs of uh, energy and and food costs. We always knew we were going to be a bit tricky. Um, my own personal opinion is food has uh, probably been a bit not cheap being the word I'd like to use, but food's been a bit too available and cheap for a long, long time. So it loses its value and its worth and people don't want to pay more than five quid for a chicken, you know? And then I almost, you know, when I'm with the kids and we're out and we're eating or we're doing or whatever, and I use the, 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 that kind of comparison to say, well, a chicken's five quid and that's a, a five quid meal. And you want to go and buy this or buy that, but we just, we, we waste too much food. And um, even even here, we we see that because we see the plates that come back in, and um, we see that the you know there's a massive amount of wastage, um, which is which is unfortunate. But food has been uh, relatively cheap. But who, who's going to be the first person to kind of put the prices up in relation to what food should be worth? Um, because you, the customer demand is we can't we will only pay 
a certain level. So that that's been tricky. Energy, um, like probably quite a lot of businesses, is you you, you buy your energy in in a, in bulk for X amount of years, and you get your price, and then it, it's due for renewal. And a lot of places are inevitably up for renewal now, which is kind of November time, and and we're looking at an increase for Coral Island of three hundred percent, and. Um, when you're a business like Coral Island that is all about attraction and to attract things need to be lit, making a noise, using energy, you, you, you're scratching your head and struggling to, to kind of trim some of the usage off. Um, we're quite a, a lean operation as it is anyway. So, you know, we don't have, um, you know, 15, 20% usage savings that we can just tap into and with a bit of pain. Um, that That's not there. But so we're, we're looking at what I'd call perhaps the humanistic type of things is how can we save energy as a, as a team and as people and, you know, switching lights off and things like that. Um, yeah, you can. You can probably save 5% or something like that, but it's absolute drop in the ocean in comparison to what the, the price increase is going to be. Um, now, if you call as an example, you can take the hit as it was because you know it, it, the ratio of the percentage of what energy costs for comparison will be different because we're a bigger organizer a bigger bigger business but if you're a smaller business and you know all of a sudden you were paying 10 grand a year on you know energy and it goes up to 50 well a lot of them won't make 50 in profit so that cannot work um the the, the problem that i see is the longevity of where is it going to go you know we're we're you know announcements being made today possibly about you know let, let's freeze the 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 um the two and a half grand uh annual uh bill um which you know trying to get somebody to explain well what does that actually mean then for a household bill of two and a half grand what who, who's paying that who's not what's your usage and these types of things but we all know that the prices are going up but but we'll seem to be quite happy now that oh great well that's okay well still probably 100 more than it was last year and yeah are you happy with that that's all right now um so i think as a society we we do need to review how we're using our energy i mean so what we're doing at coral is um we, we've got a massive roof uh, upstairs and when we looked at it i looked at it seven or eight years ago and said you know let's have a look at let's have a look at solar uh, how does that what does that look like and um at the time it just didn't it didn't stack up the other concerns that you do have is you're right on the seafront you the elements are, are absolutely killers so whatever you do put on the outside of the building um any provider will always tell you yep it's no problem uh it, it you know water will not get in sand doesn't affect us sea salt we've we've done all our testing you know um there's not too many areas that um get the kind of weather that blackpool gets on a, a consistent basis really um so you do think if you were to put something up there and you expect it to last 10 years the reality is it, it probably won't um so it wasn't it wasn't a viable option at the time it wasn't worth doing but now it, it certainly is so we're, we're looking into that quite heavily um and and looking to progress that forward um and then we i think more importantly is 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 what the government's going to do um to to kind of minimize the the pain because what it does do like i said is it, it means that we can't then reinvest um or or say well we want to do these projects which are uh, revenue developing projects um for an example because you know the actual cash flow always is higher risk because you've got less 
cash sitting in the bank to be able to use to say, all right, well, let's, you know, you do your due diligence and you you stack up your, you know, what's it going to make and take. Um, it's less likely to happen. What we also do with Coral Island is we, we're very honest with ourselves and, and the board to say, well, if we're going to do a project, when if it's not a cash generating a revenue generating project then then we'll, we'll stipulate what it is but we are very much as a company is, is reinvested in in the quality of the building um i'm sure you've been into coral island and you know the, the standards that we have in here are superior than than pretty much everywhere along the along the front um because we've always reinvested in in the customer experience and you know we want them to have a good time we want them to come to coral island and say wow what you know what what was in there this time how was it this time and you know for the last couple of years we've given away a car so you walk in the car and there's the car that you're giving away and it's like well how do i do this it's free entry and it's this and it's a matter of you know we're in luckily enough is is we're all about longevity and and knowing the the repeat experience because that is what blackpool is all about it is about you know everybody that i generally speak to is yeah my mom and dad took me to the lights and their mom and dad took them and there so you know you, you have to think about that and say well well if that's a lot of people's mentality of what blackpool's about then you've got to make sure that the experience is good don't don't rob them of their money or their experience by not making it a good one because you know, it doesn't take a lot. Classic, you know, customer service example is, you know, you you you, you only ever gain good customers because other people have lost them type of thing. So don't give them the opportunity not to have a, a good time as best as you can. So we touched on uh, Blackpool as a location uh, a few times there. Um, what do you think is, um, from a personal point of view, uh, is most enjoyable for you about working somewhere like Blackpool? Um... Well, it, it, I'm on holiday. That that is 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 that simple. Um, ever since I started work up here, um, you know, I'm on holiday. I'm, I'm you know, and, and that's part of a problem. And I was I was speaking to to some of the management team the other day about it, and we were talking about, um, you know, we just promoted a a team member was being promoted up to an assistant manager, and, and it was understanding the the difference that really kind of now has to happen to a slight extent that that person has to manage. We, you know, you can't overly teach them what to do. You can only advise and, and kind of guide and help out. So, but you know, they, they need to realize that they've come from, you know, working alongside five other team members, probably a couple of friends and now they're, they're a, a step they're in charge. So they, they, they need to differentiate that. So there's a, a bit of, you know, different types of things that they have to do, where they take their breaks, how they interact and, you know, almost get themselves in situations. And, and the point that I was trying to make to the team is the problem that we have is, you know, it, it's it's a holiday. You know, so when, when people are coming here to work, it's all, it's all very a bit too much fun. Uh, you know, so it, it makes it positively quite difficult at, at times. But that that that's where I've always been. Um, is well, I'm on holiday this week, and uh, you know I'm coming into work, and luckily I haven't got some pecking my head and saying you must this this and this. So it is different as it goes down the line. Of course it is, um, but y- y- you know I um I, I live just outside of Blackpool. There's not a lot of traffic. Previous to this, I was uh, a regional role with a you know 
50,000 miles driving every year, which was, you know, not fun, sitting in traffic, all those types of things that people have to do. Um, so I whiz in and whiz out. And, um, you, you know, and, and, and I enjoy the spending time with the, the people on the floor. Um, again, as I said earlier, we're very much an operational type of management team. So you're in the business, you're here on the, on the busy nights, you're here for switch on. And if you don't want to be here for switch on, then you, you shouldn't be in this business and that, that that's the kind of way it goes slightly um my kids absolutely love it they think i've got the best job in the world you know they strut around as if they own the place i mean don't worry they 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 get kept in line by me but um you, you know it it's people a lot of the the team are at a stage where they're they're enjoying their lives as young people so that they come and work here to earn money to go and have fun and go on holidays and you know starting relationships and you see a lot of that kind of stuff and then if you can feel that you've got a small input with people that actually stick um and and stay then great but we also uh all, what, what i've learned over the years and again is is, is a matter of not really being selfish about keeping the team so what we don't do is we don't promise them development if it ain't going to happen you know so we don't lead them on we we in in a, in a very kind of nice positive way as we try and re restrain students from falling into the quitting uni college or whatever and coming to work here and we really talk them out of it because it's like look this is a wonderful place to work but you know we see a hundred people a year that will do that and then two of them might stick and a lot of them have dropped out so we discourage that and we we kind of limit the amount of hours that we we'll allow them to do and really kind of ensure that we help as much as we can that that doesn't happen it's a it's a great environment a great industry to work in but you've really got to be you know don't drop everything because you've fallen in love with working at the seaside over the summer and i'm not going to go back to uni um so yeah that, that, that that's what it is I, I like the sea that so that's great you get to go out and have a walk along the seafront um and people are generally having a good time when they're coming into this type of business um and you get to to most of the time really help help ensure that they're having a good time uh, you know visitors are not broad statement but we we've we've kind of stacked it up and we, we've a lot of customer surveys and reviews is you know we are not a big enough draw to make you make the the only decision to come to blackpool we get that um you know the, the you come to blackpool because it's by the sea because the tower's here you might be going to the pleasure beach so we we kind of we don't delude ourselves to say well, let's market everywhere and say come to blackpool because of coral island but what we'll do is come to blackpool because you're coming to see the, the, the you want to see the sea you see the piers so then the, the our line of of marketing is like right okay well how do we tell them about us when they're on their way down or when they're here or put the fort in their head so we recently after after a good bit of uh marketing review and, and work and customer feedback back in december where we put a, a, a almost a toe in the water with um tv uh advertising um in the the kind of local area so we trialed it leading into christmas and we were advertising in um a postcoded area uh 15 mile radius type of thing with with the families that we wanted to speak to demographic that, that visited coral island and we wanted to say come to coral island at christmas time um and it's 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 very kind of granular now so that you can really hit the people that you want to hit um and don't target the people that you don't so on the financials it's 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 a much better uh proposition to be able to afford to do mainstream tv advertising so we did that over christmas uh leading into christmas um and we surveyed them as they were coming in to understand 
you know have you seen the adverts in the simplistic of terms you know have you seen our tv adverts and what percentage had what percentage hadn't then where uh, when we january february time we were planning the the activity for the year we we the, the information that we were getting was tv advertising is is more effective more people are seeing it than the other advertising that you had been doing so that because it was a a better financial proposition we then started saying well, well let's where can we target that we we know our customers are in so we targeted edinburgh targeted glasgow um you know the, the kind of city areas around there because we know that we get a massive amount of customers coming from there um and then we could we we tracked through our website with um you know where the traffic was coming from uh, as it was leading into their holiday time so we you put two and two together and it would reasonably to assume that they're, they're seeing the coral island advert tvs and then looking onto our website to see what we've got what we can do and then the the, the final kind of indicator was well how did it transpire to to, to getting into sight and and putting money in the machines or eating food uh, and that was very very positive um if if it's about delivering a number, then that's what we'll do it for. If it's not about delivering a number, it's not. It's more about awareness, and we can't quantify it. Then that's what we'll write in our in our business plan to say, do you know what? We're going to spend fifty grand, whatever it may be, and I'm not expecting a payback on that. I can't. There's not a tangible financial payback on that. Um, so, for an example, this coming year, we've got a, a ride inside the the, the pirate flyer ghost monorail that we call it and it's the 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 um roller coaster on the ceiling and it goes through and the kids are on a boat and they go through the tunnel and the music and the fun and they shoot the the, the signs and things like that and and it's been there forever and a day um and but it's looking a bit tired so we could continue to run it for another year or another year and and, and it'd still be taking probably the same amount of money and still doing well but would the customer experience be any better or as good as it should be with you know the new generations of you know virtual reality type of rides coming in and expectation things like that what do you want to do do you want to stand still or do you want to reinvest and, and make it better so so we're going to probably spend the best part of a quarter of a million pounds you know doing it up as it was um and the, we're not expecting the return you know, we're not saying, well, we've we spent a quarter of a million and therefore we want to see X amount coming back out of that. That won't be what the stack up is. It will be very much is part of the Coral Island experience. And the thing with Coral Island is it's because it's such a vast place. When you come in, you might not get to see all of it and you might not know what's up in the top area or the side area or you might not have time or you might have spent all your money before you get there, whatever it may be. Um, so it's really important that we try and get as many areas as, as, as correct and as right as possible. Um, and, you know, we really, it, it's not a matter of us. It is, it is all about the experience. It is all about, um, you know, in a, in a, in a positive way, we, we kind of know that customers like coming, we know they're going to spend their money. Uh, we don't need to get you to spend your money quickly, or we don't need you to spend it um, so that you don't go away thinking, well, that was good. We don't want you to think, well, I put, you know, X amount of money in the machines and I got five tickets out. The prize was rubbish. And because we've, you know, we've, we've really, you know, shrunk all the margins and, and taken the, the, the kind of fun and the excitement, um, because we're not just looking at this season. We want to make sure you're coming back next year, next year, next year, next year, um, because that's what Blackpool is all about. That's the end of part two of our podcast with Jeff McNamara. Never again will I take the humble chippy for granted. Join us for part three by hitting subscribe. Mm -hmm.
Thank you.